Hi everyone, it's Evelyn and you're listening to Life Over Matter podcast. Happy Wednesday to you or whatever day you decide to listen to the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. For those of you who listen to me all the time, I am continuing this journey. And for those of you who are new to the podcast, this journey represents these challenges that I'm trying to polish and practice and master and I'm doing it on a platform so all of you can listen with me and maybe learn some things or be able to take some things back to your family or friends or be able to feel like you've been there with me so that you can help somebody else when when they have it come along at any rate today I'm talking to you about flourishing connections and this was a topic chosen because I talk to you a lot about new challenges and conquering new things or concepts, ideas, discoveries, curiosities, but I don't talk to you a lot about the ongoing challenges that I have on a revolving wheel other than my fear of speaking in front of people in person, which is ongoing and I'm trying to conquer it every day. But. I was sitting back the other day and I was thinking as I was waiting, I actually ended up portioning, buying, cooking and portioning my food this week. I knew that I was going to end up cracking the code at some point and going back and I did Uh, and you know, I just had some ideas in my head for some recipes and things that I couldn't go out and buy, but I, I might do it again this week. Uh, when it comes time to portion, I might just go to the deli and, and buy some Italian food. But uh, anyway, I was sitting back while I was waiting for the food to cook in between uh, sets of, of recipes that I had set aside. And I started thinking about challenges that I haven't discussed yet. And one of the biggest ones that I'm covering today is learning how to uh, keep the connections that I make, new or old, uh, exciting and flourishing. And I think that that is part of not just my professional life, but every aspect of my life, family, friends, connections, networking, uh, anything that I might be teaching or sharing relationships. It's all part of this ongoing process that is vital if it doesn't come naturally to you. And that involves like just a bunch of different emotions, understanding and patience and kindness and empathy and putting yourself in someone else's shoes. And I think that as humans, we get a little bit of it, but some of us have a better degree of it than others. And it can be a real challenge for people who are not really proficient in the mass communications, you know, of just being an outgoing person. Our introverted people have a real challenge with getting up and over the the wall of communication. And even those of us who are really communicative and chatty and all of that kind of stuff, we have challenges with placing the right thoughts and ideas and verbatim Uh, at different times than others when perhaps we should have said something different or perhaps we shouldn't have said anything at all or why didn't I ask that question then or why didn't I say this then or you know just just different challenges that come up with conversations and opinions and outlooks and thoughts viewpoints when to use them when not to use them when what is important and what is not important 
understanding when something is important to you, but may not be important to everybody else in the room. When to have the most meaningful understanding relationships, when to use communication verbally and non-verbal communication. What's the difference? How are they used? Today, I'm not going to cover all of these things, but as I was sitting there and I was thinking what a huge part of bettering our lives as a whole, as a unit, as the world Communicating is such an important part of everything that we do. And the better that we are at it, the better we can facilitate change and help others and help ourselves. And so today I'm going to be reading to you an article. Uh, It is from a nature website, believe it or not. Uh, It's not all nature and animals and things like that. It's nature as in human nature and the human race. Uh, which doesn't have to be erased at all. I posted that the other day and everybody everybody uh, talked to me on the side and said that they liked it so much. The human race is not really erased at all. It's all just understanding how people communicate. And that is the biggest theme that I can tell you from today's episode. So uh, I'm going to be reading to you this article. It's called the, the Tips for Understanding and Managing Your Emotions to Build Flourishing Connections. Exactly what I was just talking to you about. It's an amazing article. And I think that if you want to look into this more granularly, I implore you to. There are so many psychological uh, case studies on people and how they react to things and what's invited, what's not invited, uh, what makes you feel within yourself. You know, how do you create communication? that gives you a form of self-care to allow you to feel accomplished at the end of the day or that you are making a difference or that you're being understood or heard and your ideas are being facilitated. There is nothing like that feeling if uh, you're anything like me. Whenever you try to think outside the box and you are in front of a panel that doesn't think you're cuckoo crazy for Cocoa Puffs and actually wants to use that mentality to try something new and different and unique uh, is like the greatest thing ever, right? And so uh, I always tell everybody, be the unicorn, be the change that you wish to see. It's not going to happen unless you do it. You know, if you turn around and and you say, I would have, or I could have, or I should have later, you can't blame yourself because you did everything that you could do. I've said in this podcast before, that was one of the things that my dad used to always say to me was if you, if you lose, it's okay. Sometimes like if you, if you don't make it out as number one, that's okay. Sometimes because if you can sit back and you know that you did every single thing possible that you could to succeed, then you gave it a hundred percent. There was nothing more left that you could give it. So that's what makes it okay because at the end of the day, no matter what, if you gave it 100%, it wasn't meant to be if you didn't get that or you didn't, if you weren't heard or you didn't get chosen for something or, or you participated in a contest and somebody else won, like sportsmanship 101, right? And so I keep that in mind, you know, even long after my dad's been passed, I think that's one of the most important things as parents Uh, that people can understand is if you can say or do something that sticks with your child, even post-mortem after you've passed, then you've done a good job at what you've taught. And that's one of the things that, that my dad had taught me that in all circumstances, if I fall short for some reason, 
and I'm really feeling that natural way of I should have done this better I could have done this better or why did I say this why did I do this how could I have done this you know I then sit back and and think to myself did I do everything that I could have done did I give the situation a hundred percent and I have to be honest with myself. Like, if I did not give my, give it 100%, I have to tell myself, you know you could have done better. You could have done better. You could have journalized this. You could have meditated on it. You could have cleared the energy. You could have thought of more, you know, whatever it was that I could have done better, right? But if I gave it 100%, then it immediately makes me feel better, more relieved, and I'm more understanding with myself about falling short for whatever reason and it gives me a little bit more oomph a little bit more strength to get back up and try it again so I mean if that could help anybody out there listening that's really important I am going to go to a break now though because like I said it's a weekday you're probably listening to me on your lunch or uh, in the morning while you're having your coffee uh, which is my favorite time to also listen to Uh, podcasts and um, get everything together. Uh, So uh, I I hope that your coffee is hot and delicious or whatever it is that you prefer to drink in the morning. Uh, And I'll be back to talk to you about Flourishing Connections right after this. We're back. Thank you so much for staying with me through the commercial. Today, in case you're just joining and you've skipped to after the commercial break, I'm talking to you about human connection. I'm talking to you about emotional connections. Really important because in anything you do, professionally or personally, or no matter who you're doing it with, it's very important that you're patient and understanding and that you're conveying, you're communicating Uh, clear enough so that those around you can feel the same. And today I'm going to talk about why that's important. And I'm also learning along with you. This was something that I was, I was sitting, I was thinking about these things and I thought I could always use extra uh, guidance and I could always challenge myself in being a better communicator, a clearer communicator, a more understanding person, a more patient person and understanding that everybody is everybody's personalities are different everybody runs different even if there are similarities between you and other people in the way that they think that they're not always going to be you they might not be as understanding about something or you might not be as understanding as everybody else about things because we all take that personal effect that's within our background that is many layers deep though we're just going to scratch the surface today And hopefully you're going to walk away from this episode with some tools in your backpack to be able to better deal with more enticing conversations, more interesting, communicative conversations, thought processes, ideas. I am going to do the same. I've taken a bunch of notes outside of reading this article to you on this article and a couple others that I found. And I'm going to try to be cognizant in conversations after this episode of some of the items that I'm going to be covering with you today. And I really hope that you get something out of it to do the same. It's going to be an interesting episode. So buckle in. So again, I'm, I'm reading this from a nature website. It's nature in general. It's human nature. So uh, it is on Flourishing Connections, which is 
what it's all about, right? So the cognitive intelligence quotient, known as IQ, is an important factor in determining your reasoning ability. But high IQ score, but the high IQ score is not the whole story when it comes to thriving professionally and personally. Another dimension of human intelligence, known as the emotional intelligence quotient, or EQ, has also been linked to success. Although people often unwittingly ignore this crucial part of themselves, the good news is that you can learn how to boost your EQ. This involves identifying and managing your own emotions, as well as evaluating and controlling the way in which you react to those of others. A phenomenon known as emotional hijacking helps happens when the amygdala, which mediates the processing of strong emotions, bypasses our capacity for rational reasoning. Developing your EQ can help to attenuate this hijacking and make it easier for you to maintain your composure both externally and internally in stressful situations. Continuously reinforcing our EQ skills is a necessity in the workplace and can make the difference between favorable and suboptimal team interactions, it can also affect your efficiency and productivity. As an anesthesiologist, MS interacts with surgeons, nurses, junior doctors, and physician's assistants, as well as with patients and their families in difficult and emotionally wrought circumstances. RG works with different levels of institutional hierarchy to facilitate individual, team, departmental, and institutional success. You can take steps to start understanding and expanding your own EQ. Exploring and honing these skills can only help you to succeed in your career, but can improve your relationships with loved ones and your social interactions. Here are some tips that you can do to start improving your EQ. Identify your emotions. Emotions are a veritable onion of complexity, and layers often need to be peeled away to discover what's at the core. When certain emotions build up unchecked, they can manifest as basic umbrella emotions, those that a person might express more readily. An example might be when someone who feels insecure or sad instead behaves angrily and yells during a laboratory meeting because anger is easier to give voice to than sadness. Identifying your emotions takes practice and is an important foundational step in building emotional intelligence. Regularly recognizing and naming your emotions throughout the day and trying to peel back the emotional layers to identify exactly what you're feeling as well as how those emotions may be manifesting physically is a good way to develop your EQ. You could even go a step further and try to determine how the presence of certain emotions affects your behavior, productivity, and overall perception of the day. Consider your response. You must remember that you alone can choose how you react or respond to a situation. Taking responsibility for the way that you behave towards others and possibly even more importantly, how you treat yourself is a crucial aspect of emotional intelligence. A reaction is a rudimentary knee-jerk process, whereas a response is conscious, considered process. When your grant does not get funded or the review on a paper is not as glowing as you had hoped, examine and reflect on how you might be reacting or responding. I always tell my my team 
you know, if you ever get angry in personal or professional life, step back. I talk about it a lot on this podcast too. Step back, go for a walk, minimize, and get your mind on something else for a while. And nine times out of 10, when you come back and you look at it again, it's a thousand times different. You feel different. You're in a different place in your life. Even just five minutes later, you're in a different headspace. It's it's incredible to me the type of emotional changes that can occur simply by stepping away from a situation and then revisiting again later. Amazing. Be empathetic. Empathy is a cornerstone of EQ. It is defined as the ability to identify and share thoughts, feelings, or the emotional state of another person. A little empathy goes a long way. It's important to demonstrate empathy towards people other than just those with whom you find it easy to get along, especially those who are junior to you and colleagues and associates with whom might struggle to connect. You might be surprised by how empathetic approach can change a seemingly stagnant relationship. Before you can empathize with those around you, however, it is important to be able to empathize with yourself. If you're feeling a certain way, ask yourself why. Identifying and tracing the origin or cause of your own emotions takes practice, but will ultimately enhance your EQ. These skills are especially important in isolating times, such as those seen during the pandemic when our work and personal lives become more entangled and new stressors are all around us. Listen actively. Engage in the moment and acknowledge what other people are saying. Try to avoid just waiting for your turn to talk about yourself and your story. Active listening involves asking open-ended questions such as when, how, do you mean, or could you tell me a little bit more about that, as well as using words to reinforce what someone else might be experiencing. That must be difficult. Active listening also calls for avoiding questions that would elicit only a yes or no response. Trying to avoid looking at your phone or text messaging during any interaction or conversation. There's no better way to non-verbally verbally demonstrate your lack of interest during a meeting or a discussion than by multitasking with your device. So personally, years ago, like 15 years ago, I was interviewing for jobs like crazy and I oh I wanted I wanted a job so bad I was I was unemployed I wanted a job I applied for a million different jobs and it was a bad time Uh, the economy was not in a good place Uh, I had not I had just gotten out of my one of my businesses And I had gone on like 27 different interviews. I'm not kidding. I I was in one right after the other, after the other, after the other. I just didn't have the right skill set at the time. And one of the ones that I was in, I was so nervous about it. I had to go to this hotel. I was in the lobby of this hotel. I I met up with the person who was interviewing me. It was a man. He's well-dressed, older. And I sat down and he asked me, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself. You know, the usual interview questions. I started talking about myself and what I could bring to the table. And as I was talking, you know how in the first 30 seconds of meeting somebody, you know whether or not you're leaving an impression on them, or at least that's what they say. Well, 
within the first 30 seconds, I could tell that I'd lost this guy's attention totally because he started looking at his watch. He got out his phone. He started playing with his phone. I mean, every nonverbal communication that he could use with me to let me know that he wasn't interested. And if I was the person then that I am now, I would have just stopped myself right before wasting any more of either one of ours time and thanked him and shook his hand and left. But for some reason, I put myself through that conversation and I continued the interview all the way till the end. And of course, they didn't call me. And now that I'm in the position professionally to know that they had probably already hired somebody for the position and that guy was tired, he'd probably been working all day. He'd probably interviewed a million people. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was pretty devastated because I wanted to get a job so bad. And I think about that now when I'm interviewing people, you know, just to act listen and be part of that but I'll never forget that and how rude it was you know later on I was like man that was rude that he couldn't have been less interested in talking to me at that time it was a long time ago um but and I could tell you some stories about some people uh when I was in that phase doing that those interviews and things like that uh I didn't have a whole lot of um, experience in the things that I was interviewing for. I was kind of just whoever calls me, I'm going to show up for an interview. And so it could have been, you know, anything that didn't, didn't need a certificate certification, uh, and just required college education. Then I showed up for the interview. So just to give you an idea, you know, I'm sure that there were some of the stuff, some of the questions that were absolutely backwards. And, uh, you know, I encountered a lot of personalities, but that one in particular, I will never forget. And that's, that's the, the multitasking, you know, while you're having a conversation with somebody, you want to be engaged in what they're saying. It's very important. So, um, listening, listening actively personally and professionally is something that is so respectful and courteous and try to be mindful, you know, ask them those questions and I have to do the same thing. There are so many times when someone is talking to me that my instincts just says, oh my gosh, I remember when that happened to me. Listen, you know, this happened to me and this is what I did. This is what you should do too. But that's sometimes not what people are looking for. Sometimes people just want to be listened to. They want someone to be engaged in what they're saying. And something that I love is I recognize the interest like when someone is telling a story and when they want that kind of conversation to take place and the blessing is that I am so fascinated by certain people and where they've come from and where they are at and where they're going that I'd have those questions naturally where were you when that happened how old were you how did you feel and it kind of takes me to that place and that's how I am with dieting too like Sometimes when I'm really deep in dieting and I've been doing it for a long time and I haven't had sweets forever, I will ask somebody to eat a piece of cake in front of me and then I'll have them tell me what it feels like to eat it, what it tastes like to consume it, how it feels in their stomach. Like that's how much I love food is that I can I can hijack somebody else's uh, tasting experience. <laughs> but, um, you know, at least to them, it's it's an interest, you know. And in all conversations, it makes someone feel like a million dollars when you are invested in their thoughts, emotions, and ideas. 
And that's something that's so important. And it's a, a daily challenge for me as well. Like I have to keep in mind, ask them how they're doing, ask them how they're feeling, ask them if they need anything, if they are open-ending conversations about stuff that's going on with them, listen, understand, feel feel what it would be like to be in their shoes, offer recommendations. It's about them. It's about them. You know, um, our next one, master your body language. Nonverbal communication is powerful and can make or break your interactions with others, as well as affecting their perceptions of you. Whether you maintain eye contact or have an open or closed body language can speak volumes. Open body language means uncrossing your arms and legs and literally taking up a larger amount of physical space. It communicates that you're comfortable with yourself and in your space, and it conveys a sense of agreement or just openness to interaction with others. With closed body language, your arms and legs are closer to your body and your head is low, and you physically take up less space. This posture can convey to others that you feel defensive or submissive and insecure, or that you disagree with the discussion. Once you become more conscious of your body language, you can practice using it to accurately express how you feel. Although in some instances, it is important to use your body language to mirror your emotions. For example, to communicate effectively with loved ones, it is just as important to know when to use open body language, even if it does not match your internal state. Maintaining an open demeanor sets a positive and relaxed tone and flow of interactions between you and others, whether at a lab meeting, poster session, or question and answer discussion at a conference. Developing your emotional intelligence can help you identify when you might be headed for an emotional hijacking and how to reroute strong emotions into rational and constructive responses. You will spend less time ruminating, which will not only mitigate stress, but will also leave you with more time to connect with and consciously improve your relationships with those around you. So, in talking about that, it took me to, uh, you know, another place emotionally because I was understanding the different types of conversations and personalities, attitudes and moods. And you guys know that spiritually, I believe that there are vibrations and there are, uh, you know, a such thing as a contagious mood, right? Where you can switch energy from one person to another. So if you're feeling a certain way and you don't process those emotions, you can then relay it to the other people that are around you. Even if they're not around you and they're on the phone and you don't have anything good to say, you're going to leave that conversation feeling a lot better about yourself because you got something off your chest, but you might be leaving the other person feeling a certain way. And it's really important to be cognizant of those emotions also. So I'm going to cut us off because I could get started on another article and I know me and I will take you guys way over the course of the time that we have during the week. Uh, But if you have any questions or comments or concerns, I know that it was Uh, a very useful article to me. I took notes on different conversations that I've had recently uh, from this article that I just read to you. I took some notes on conversations that I have coming up with very important people in my life. 
uh, and different subject matter that I, uh, I want to cover in the future on this podcast. Uh, different feedback that I've gotten and how I'm processing that feedback, uh, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. And I, I just wanted to share it with you because it is scratching the surface of everything that this podcast represents, which is living our best life. Uh, me trying to polish everything and taking you along the journey with me. So I'm hoping that some factor in these five uh, ways to flourish those connections was something that resonated with you uh, optimally and, and within you and the relationships that you surround yourself with. At any rate, I hope that your Wednesday is so fantastic and that you're having a great week so far or whatever day that you decide to listen to this on. With all that being said, please uh, feel free to share it with your family and friends. If you've got any feedback for me, you can follow me on my Life Over Matter Instagram page. I love the new follows, so that's wonderful. Uh, You can leave me a voicemail on the Anchor app, which allows you to do all kinds of things on there. Make sure you favorite me if you haven't already, and I think you get reminded every time there's a new episode. But in case it doesn't, we have new episodes every Wednesday and Saturday at 8 a.m. Eastern, and... You can email me if you've got a lot to say or you want to send me some articles or something like that. Sometimes people do at evelynkish at yahoo.com. And if none of those things apply to you and you just want to continue listening, then that's fine too. I enjoyed spending this time with you as hopefully you enjoyed spending it with me. And I will catch you on the next episode. Until then, have an amazing morning, a wonderful afternoon, and a good night.